I've been super blessed and excited to share my testimony. I hope you guys have been enjoying it and have listened to part one and part two. Part three of my story is probably one of my most exciting favorite things to talk about. And I hope everybody really listening in can be encouraged by my personal testimony, you know, by the experiences I've got to see. Um, you know, the Lord has really done some great redemptive work in my family. And so kind of bringing you on this timeline of me understanding sonship, especially under under God as our Heavenly Father, um, you know, this timeline has really shown me from the beginnings of how I had fathers in my life who didn't have fathers themselves and had to take on raising a son. My stepfather being, you know, a man who didn't know his dad well and then take on a son that wasn't even his own. And then my biological father who didn't even meet his dad until like I think his early 30s or something like that. Or And, um, you know, he only met his dad for a little bit and then buried him because he died. And then you got, you know, me who, who, who I'm not, I'm not a father yet, you know, um, I'm not, you know, I don't have any kids out there, but, um, I'm a spiritual father. And so, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. This journey that the Lord has taken me on. And so I want to start off, uh, with this part of my testimony today to talk about that real transition from where I kind of felt like I had one foot in the world, one foot out. I really didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I was excited that I had a breakdance crew and I was doing performances and dancing, but there was something about being in Rhode Island at that time where I felt empty and in need of something more. I remember um, it was probably, I think, the summer of uh, 2000 five or something like that 2006 I believe 2005 and I probably had the most depressive uh, summer ever I stood in the house most of the time um you know I, I began to just smoke a lot of weed and just stay home stay isolated and I just felt so lonely even though I had friends I had different people who cared about me I just there was something missing and I look back at that now to say probably that was a piece of God missing in me that I, I missed actually spending time with God because I hadn't spent any time with God. Here's the Heavenly Father uh, reaching out to me, constantly showing me evidence that He's with me wherever I go. Finally, kind of, I think, grabbed my heart, um, you know, and I had a, a pretty tough experience. Like, I battled, you know, going to Rhode Island and then left. Came, tried to go back to New York and then move back to Rhode Island again. And then, like, it just was a, it was a fight in me. But finally, the Lord really got a hold of me. And so a few things happened in my life that I want to talk to you guys about today that were the start of this redemptive process in my life to redeem me to God and to redeem me uh, to my fathers in, in my life. And so the first thing was I left Rhode Island um, you know, in, in 2006, and I went back to New York, and I hadn't been at my house with my parents in all that time, and so coming back was a bit awkward, and, you know, I was, I remember, like, us sitting at the dinner table, like, we'd be eating, and it was, like, a quiet dinner, and, like, my mom would ask, oh, how did you guys' day go, and kind of me and my stepfather were, like, we're 
tolerating each other, but it wasn't this real forgiveness kind of thing that happened yet. Yet it was just kind of like I let you come back. And I said, you know, in my mind, I was like, okay, you know, I'm back, but I don't know if I even want to be here kind of thing. And um, I actually went back to church. And so this was my first time stepping foot in a church again in a long time. And so, you know, it was kind of new for me again in that experience. And I didn't want to um, go to the same church that my parents were going to. I wanted to kind of like do my own thing. Like I wanted to just get a fresh perspective. And I don't, I didn't even know really, honestly, I just didn't, I wanted to figure this out. And so I ended up going to this church that was like a Spanish speaking church and I don't even speak Spanish, but my friend invited me. And so they had like bilingual stuff as well. But I, I went to this church and, you know, Worship was great. The service was great. And at the end of it, you know, classic kind of like pastor invitation. Pastor invites people to the front. Hey, you want to get prayed over? And um, I felt like I should go to the front. And like, I, I, I know this culture. I've been to it. You know, I've seen people get prayed over and or whatever, ask people to rededicate their life to God, all that kind of jazz. And I I went up to the front and I come from this Pentecostal background, right? At least when I was younger. And so I saw like, okay, the pastor's pushing people or whatever. It's like, I, you know, in that moment, I wasn't thinking about the power of God or how can he even, you know, reach my heart. I just thought, okay, if this pastor pushes me down, I'm going to push him back because I don't believe in falling. Like it's got to be from God. And so my whole mindset was like, I see this pastor walking by and then what's the funny thing is, is actually his wife actually comes around from the other side of the stage and she's coming straight towards me. And so I was like, okay. So his wife comes over and she stands right in front of me and she just gives me this glare, you know, and, you know, I'm like, okay, she's kind of feels like she's reading your mail. You know, it's like she just kind of gave me this soul glare. She stared at me and um, I felt pretty uncomfortable, but, um. She opened up her mouth and she said something that forever changed uh, my life. And so she's looking at me and she says, you need to go home tonight and forgive your stepfather. And I was like, okay, how do you know that? <laughs> you know, like, how do you know anything about me? I've never been here. She doesn't know my parents. She doesn't know my family. And obviously it was God, and she's like, God told me, and it's like, sure, classic answer. So I'm a little freaking out, like, okay, God is uh, using this lady to say something to me that is obviously most important probably on his heart, which is that he wants to restore a son to a father and a father to a son. So I'm a little freaking out, and I go home, and I'm kind of filled with this excitement, like this, whoa, like, what's going on? I remember coming in the door and running up the stairs to bang on my stepfather's door, and he opens his door, and I just embrace him. I mean, I just grab him, and I don't even know if he knew what to do. He's like awkwardly hugging me in the moment, and, and, and right there, I'll tell you guys, something changed, something shifted, and I'm hugging him, crying, and then he starts crying, and I said the words that were very hard for me to say in that moment, and I said, I forgive you, and I believe I did ask for forgiveness myself. I'm, I'm not sure um, how the whole conversation went, but we forgave each other, and I said, I love you, and you know, he said, I love you too, and so there was this this breaking down of something that had been bottled up for years and years and years. And I felt like real forgiveness happened and, and bitterness and, and resentment, all that stuff was, was, was completely deleted, deleted from our relationship. 
And so, yeah, praise God. Like, I had this prophetic encounter at a random church, and, 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 and I only went to that church that one time. I never went back there. And it was like God had me go there just to minister to me and to, and to shift my entire course of life. And so after that, you know, that burden was gone, and it felt great. And then um, I'm going to tell you this story today kind of along the lines of all the different people the Lord redeemed in my, relation, my relationships with so that he can get ready to send me. Because I believe the Lord, you know, told me, I'm going to get ready to send you to the nations. You're going to reach people in hip-hop culture all over the world. You're going to see all these things happen. But first, before I send you, I want you to be right with your family. And so how could, how, how could I be sent to plant churches among people if, if I wasn't right with my own house? And so, you know, that's the first story of me being redeemed with my stepfather. Then... Um, second thing happens and you know through this whole process of me kind of coming back to God I decided to go to Bible school and um, you know I went there I visited I'm like oh this place looks kind of boring like it wasn't the kind of place I would want to go but I felt like God said go here and so I was like alright cool I'm like I'm gonna do this it's crazy I hadn't done any other previous like college any secular college anything like that I just was going full force jumping into a Bible seminary school and so I go to this school and um it's called Elam, and uh, it's up upstate New York. And so I go to the school, and God just completely transforms my life. And uh, I'll say this, say it like this: the first day that I stepped foot on that Bible campus uh, was the last day that I had ever touched marijuana. You know, I haven't smoked weed since that day. Um, you know, God really delivered me from that and gave me the strength to stop doing something that I didn't want to do anymore. And so. I'm at this Bible school for a year, right, for two semesters. And so for the first semester, um, the Lord really just started restoring my relationships with people and um, humbling me because <laughs> I was quite prideful. And just not, I was rough around the edges. I came from a deep street culture to, like, out in the middle of nowhere Bible school. Uh, it's a very different world. And so I just got rebuked by my leadership quite a bit. I remember one time they all pulled me into a room uh, just to tell me, I need to change my life, and that, that even that conversation really spoke to me. And so I was getting a little bit of trouble, but God was building my heart. And so as that started to happen, I got addicted to prayer. Um, prayer really became like a drug to me, and I prayed and journaled and wrote a lot of things down. And there was this um this little closet, not a closet, like oh yeah, like maybe like a it was a janitor's closet, and then also it was like actually a place for people to uh, do n nursing. Like it was connected to a chapel, right? And so this room just kind of off to the side and so I would go there every day and pray and kind of lock myself in there and uh it was so much so cool like God just started really speaking to me as a father in those moments and I started getting all these things I started writing down and, I, and this passion really started to develop in me of like I want to change the world you know not to sound corny or whatever but it's real like we have that power and authority given by God to to actually change culture to switch culture, right? And so he's downloading the kingdom into me and I'm learning about all these things. And um, as that's happening, um, one of the toughest things happens is like I'm kind of at my height of like my climax learning of God and really getting more spiritually connected in my life and with with God and, and then my mom calls me and she's saying she's getting divorced and we had some words and I, I think I gave her the worst advice and I probably said hurtful things 
uh, to her over the phone and kind of even blamed her and told her, to, what about, you know, think about your family. And I have two other brothers uh, from my stepfathers. So, you know, they would now be taken, having a father, uh, you know, taken from them. But my mom is, you know, important and, and she needs to be loved and, and their relationship wasn't healthy. And it was honestly probably the best uh, that they got divorced. And so, um, you know, that happens. And that was hard for me, man. I, I was hurt. And uh, again, God uses these weird experiences to really speak to me. And so, but I think God's fun. You know, he's creative. He's our creator, God. He speaks to you in creative ways. And so I go to this church that I'm attending, like as part of Bible school, it was a church right next door to our school. And so um, they had this kind of area uh, in the in the church where after service was done, you can go get prayer. Like they had like little stations. So different types of people, teams were there to pray for you if you wanted it. And there was this one side that uh, said prophecy. And um, I was like, okay, like, well, you know, I've had an experience in the past about this. And I felt like God said on that Sunday, go there to that um, station. And he's like, God's like, I want to give you a word. I want to tell you something. I was like, okay. So I went up there and um, had a bunch of strangers. I didn't know pray over me. And they said some pretty cool stuff, like God's got ministry for me. And they said this all healing in my life and all this good stuff. And I'm like, oh, that sounds good and all that. And then I thought they were done. I think they thought they were done. And as I get ready to, you know, turn around and walk away, one of the guys says, hold on, there's one more thing. And, you know, it's always like that. that Wait a minute, there's one more thing. That one more thing usually is like the thing that is going to just cut you to the heart. Read your business, read your mail kind of, man, I, that's not what I wanted to hear but I know it's what I'm supposed to hear kind of thing and so this guy smiles at me and he starts getting moved like he's ready to cry and it's this very emotional moment I'm starting to feel emotional and I don't even know what he's about to say yet and he just says to me Ben the reason that you still live and breathe right now you should have died you you came from a past where death was following you he says Satan himself had plans to destroy your life uh, because your purpose, your will, you know, God's will for your life, your destiny is so great. And he said, but the reason that you still live and breathe today is because your mother was always praying for you. And I was like, wow, you know, and I knew that that was that witness to me. And he even went into more specific details that it, it was like in that moment when he started saying these things, I would actually be brought back to my memory of when I actually experienced that. So he said one thing that really hit me hard. And he said, Ben, you know, your mom was woken up in the middle of the night praying for you many times uh, to when, when you were under the most attack. And I remember back when I lived in Rhode Island that there was many moments that I was having tough times. I've been in, you know, I was at a house party once where someone came and did a drive-by. Um, I... Uh, went to an I almost went to another club opening thing that I was supposed to perform at and it turned into a riot and a bunch of people got stabbed and one guy died uh, this is mul multiple different kind of scenarios where I feel like it was kind of that in the in the nick of time um, God preserved me and 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 I would call my mom and talk to her and she would tell me she would warn me she'd be like Ben I can't sleep last night I stood up praying for you God keeps waking me up and so boom all that's happening right shoom, connect the dots and I'm just flipping out as that guy's telling me that so I go back to my dorm and I start crying and um, I call my mom and I just tell her you know like I love you and I'm sorry for being a jerk 
And, you know, I don't know what we talked about really in that phone call, but I remember that I, I apologized because I said a lot of hurtful things to my mom and she's always loved me and always been my superhero. And so, um, yeah, you know, God restored my relationship with my mom and it's crazy, you know, cause I'm just like, man, this stuff is, is awesome. And, 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 and all this was happening. Right. And so that's first semester, right? What a load of stuff going on, learning about God, being healed from many insecurities, growing my understanding in my belief system and really hearing the voice of God clearly for myself. All that was happening, and then second semester rolls around, and God says, it's time. He says, okay, I've built you up, Ben, and I've restored your relationships with people and your family. Now you're ready to go. And I just kept telling, I started telling people, like, and I didn't even know where I was going or what I was going to do. I just had this feeling that I'm going to leave this school and go somewhere and do something big. And... You know, there was this bell. Um, if you ever visit Elam's campus, it's there's this bell um, there that's really old, and it actually says Charles Finney Revival on it. And so if you guys know anything about that historic period of time in Christian culture, uh, Christian history, even just in upstate New York, you'd know that Charles Finney was a man who really had some crazy cool stuff happen and brought revival to Rochester, New York, and many other places. And so I would sit at that bell every day and journal and I would just talk to God, you know, and ask God like, hey, what's, what am I doing next? Then a man comes and speaks at my school for missionary weekend, right? You know, that's, that's what we do. We have cool, inspirational people come, pastors, you know, different people come and share at our chapel time. And so this man comes and Little do I know this person that I saw share on stage would become one of the closest mentors and spiritual fathers that I can ever have. He's, he's my dad, really. But that day that I met him, I didn't know that all of that would unfold. And so, so imagine this with me, because this is kind of one of the big, it's like the cherry on top of my testimony. This is where I can really say God called me uh, into ministry. And so I am, you know, listening to this guy share about being a missionary and um as he's sharing i i saw like myself standing next to him on stage like almost like a hologram type thing and i'm just being honest with y'all like at that time i had stopped doing drugs for quite some time i hadn't smoked weed in a year like i didn't do nothing so that was just totally from god because i wasn't high and so i'm seeing myself stand there I just kind of vanish, like doo -doo -doo, gone, and I'm um, like Star Trek, beam me up. And uh, this this guy, like he he's like getting ready to just go have cafeteria, like go to our cafeteria or whatever. And I felt like God said, "Go ask to talk with him. Go go ask him to lunch." And I was like, "I don't want to do that. Like that's weird, and I, I don't know him." And so as I'm starting to kind of actually not do it and walk away, my my roommate says, "Hey, let's go get lunch with that guy." And so. We're like, all right, I guess we got to do it. And so <laughs> I sit at this table and, you know, classic kind of thing. Like, you know, he's a hero to the, our faith, honestly, and what he's accomplished in life. But he was a hero to us, too, as students, you know. You know, it's like being at the X-Men Academy and Wolverine walks in and you get to have a sit down with him. And so, you know, this man 
start sharing and a lot of the people at the table were like asking him questions, kind of like interview style. And so everybody had normal stuff to talk to him about. But when it got to me, he smiled and he was eating and he, he looked at me and he said, young man, what do you have to say? And um, I was like, well, I guess I'm going to have to be the odd one in this whole thing. And I said, hey, listen, man, I don't know you. Uh, when you were talking, I saw myself standing next to you. I don't know what it means, um, but that's what, that's what I got to say. Yeah. And he smiles and he says, I, I think I know what it means. I mean, I can guess that it could have two different types of meanings. And he says, number one, maybe you're called to Asia, you know, the same way I have been called uh, to serve Asian people. And I was like, okay. And then the second thing he says is maybe you're supposed to work with me or for me in your future. And there's, a, you know, some kind of connection there. And I start feeling like my back's on fire. I'm like feeling like I have destiny, like what this dude is saying to me sounds really cool. So I shake his hand and say, thank you so much. And I leave and I actually go to the prayer room. I go straight to my, my home, you know, where I went every day. And I went and I prayed in that little closet room. And soon as I prayed, I got on my knees and I felt the Lord say, Ben, if you're willing to go to Asia, I'll give you fluent Chinese. You know, I'll give you fluent Mandarin because, you know, the world speaks that over there. And um, you're going to reach a lot of people. And I said, okay, well, I'm Puerto Rican and I can't speak Spanish. So if you're going to have me learn one of the hardest languages on earth, then I, I you know, I'll take that. I believe that that must be from God. And so I'm just hearing God on this, and uh, I go for it. And so I just start telling people, I'm going to Asia. And people are like patting me on the back like, yeah, sure you are, buddy. Okay, cool. And, uh, you know, I, was, I didn't know how, when. Like, I didn't know anything. I just took that in faith. Weirdest thing happens is, I mean, if you didn't think the hologram thing was weird. Um, reality here is God continued to speak through that man to me. And so I ended up getting his email and it became like pen pals sort of. And he, I would pray and have some type of encounter happen and then email him it. And then he would email me back and interpret what he felt like it meant very early on before I even started really building a deep relationship with this man. He, we had this cool relationship where he kind of like be excited even to hear what new things I was hearing from the Lord. And I would be excited to hear him respond. And so that, that all happened within, you know, a few months time where I was confirmed on figuring out how to get to Asia. I was Googling like how to learn Chinese and, and I didn't know anything like it was so hard <laughs> it was not a very effective study plan yeah then we had this other thing happen at school that was kind of like almost like a job fairs thing where we had different uh you know miss ministry organizations come in and share and then they kind of set up a table right and so you could kind of choose maybe if that could be a career for you if you want to be into ministry type of work you know and uh this one organization came and they shared and they showed this cool video of them, you know, making friends and basically reaching college students in Asia. And, um, and then they baptized people and that blew my mind. Like they were baptizing people in like bathtubs and just, they felt like this cool 007 type group of people. And I was like, that sounds dope. 
like that looks so cool. Um, sign me up, you know. And so I ended up talking with those people, and um, I signed up. And I just thought, this must be it. I mean, there wasn't anyone else coming, right? So I was like, this got to be my sign, you know? Like, I'll just take it in faith. Like, these are the, this is the invite to Asia. I'm going to take it. And so, um, yeah, we connected well, and I signed up, and they said, hey, you know, it kind of was like a checklist thing. Hey, you, uh, you, know, you don't even have to learn Chinese yet. We'll put you in this university, and you'll get connected. I was like, oh, awesome. He's like, hey, it's this whatever, you know, it was one-year program. I said, yeah, let's do it. And then he said, you know, last thing they said was, yeah, you, you only got to raise like 12,000 bucks. And I was like, oh, okay. At that time, I still owed the school tuition like 300 bucks. And so I was like, all right, well, um, let me get back to you on that. And so now the summer hits and it's uh, summer 2010. Uh, and I only had two months to raise all this money because they were leaving in August. And so I was like, okay, well... If I'm going to go do this, like, I need some money. <laughs> and I was telling people, and a lot of people didn't believe in me or be like, you know, hey, you know what, we'll just save and go next year or do this. You know, this real practical kind of things. You know, people say, oh, maybe do another year of the Bible school. You can wait. And I just was like, you know, I'm doing this. Like, God told me to go. I'm going, and it's happening now. And so this cool um, internship kind of was offered through my school and. They said I could go intern with a pastor for six weeks, I believe, six or eight weeks, something like that. And um, I'm going to be honest with you. The thing that hooked me was they said, and we'll give you a thousand bucks to do it. And I was like, I'm in. Right. <laughs> you know, like, let's do that. There's there's 11,000 to go. And so I just thought, let me, you know, I wasn't even looking at the depth of what would actually happen through this relationship because the internship also was something that changed my life and God again yet again put another spiritual father into my life then and so i ended up interning with this pastor who was amazing i got to live in his house with him he spoke life into me i lived life every day with him he he would wake up and run on his treadmill and listen to billy graham every morning we go out every morning on our way to church and we always stop at mcdonald's and i'll get my my bacon egg and cheese mcgriddle we get to church, and he showed me what he's doing in his office. I go into counseling meetings. I go into their leadership meetings. Got to sit among the elders and hear what they had to say. He, he took me to the hospital for hospital visits. He showed me what it was like to pastor a church. And it's crazy now that I look back on that because God uh, was preparing me. He was sending me to Asia to start churches but the Lord showed me, let me show you first on how church operates. Let me show you how to pastor a church so I can send you to start them. And so I'm just learning incredible, awesome things from this man who really is a, another father to me uh, in my life. I really love him and respect him. And so he's sharing, um, you know, just he's just showing me, the, showing me the ropes. And so as we get to talking, you know, I'm talking, to, he, he knows that my mission is to be, raising support and so he gave me all this grace where at, at the same time that I was doing the internship he, he gave me sp space to like raise support and he'd even show me like hey why don't you talk to this person in our church and ask them to support you and so he was a hundred percent behind me in supporting me and then he does something that blows my mind next and he says Ben we want to actually support you as a church monthly 
to make sure, you know, we're going to give you $200 a month for your trip. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, that's already, you know, a, a big portion of my money paid for. And I'm like, wow, this is awesome. And then he says, you know, we're, we're going to, you know, you get your internship money, but we're also going to raise an offering for you the last Sunday that you're with us. And I have to tell you that during those that time, like, God did so much in me. And I was worried, too. Like, you know, people told me maybe you should get another job. You should do something because you, you don't really have a lot of time. And so I was contemplating when I took this internship, like, I got to raise all this money. There's no way I can just raise $12,000 in two months. Let me take this internship and see where that goes. And I didn't know that God wanted me to do that the whole time because he didn't care about the money. He cared about me growing into a young man who was 19 years old, getting ready to go live in another country. And, and, and he gave me all the money. And so that church alone ended up being able to cover all my expenses. They, at the end of it, between the supporters in that church and the church itself supporting me, uh, I got all my money to go. And so in just that little bit of time. And so you can't make that up. You know, the Lord was so faithful. And I just have so many stories of his goodness. But I want to keep it rolling here on the family side of things. Because, again, my greatest, I think, the greatest um, highlight of my testimony is my restoration of a father to a son and a son to a father. And so um, while I'm in Asia serving and starting to do all these cool things, you know, you'll as you hear my podcast and, and learn about my life, you'll get to hear more and more stories about what I've been able to accomplish in Asia and many other countries as well. I've been to 13 different countries now. Um, being able to teach breakdance, being able to plant churches, being able to do a lot in creative art space in the hip-hop culture. And so, uh, yeah, God has been so good, but I want to focus more on what God was doing in my family while I was all the way in Asia, right? And so while I left my family to go to Asia, um, my mom gets remarried. Um, I have another awesome little brother now. Um, on top of that, my biological dad really connects with me on this next level. He was always supportive. Like after I left, we had our things back and forth and I kind of pursued my dad and he pursued me and there was there was just a lot of hurt there, but really God healed all that and I love my dad and my biological dad and we we just connect. He's my biggest fan. He's my biggest supporter, always behind me, him and my mom, always behind me in everything that I do and he... We, we had this phone call that changed, I think, both of our lives forever. But while I was doing my thing in Asia, within the, yeah, I think it was the third year, basically, that I had become this missionary now. Um, you know, because after that one year, I continued to keep going. I said, I'm not leaving. <laughs> and so I, I ended up serving in Asia for nine years. And so while I'm doing this into my third year, um, I got this invite to go to Malaysia and you know I had been learning Chinese and guess what there's Chinese people in Malaysia there's Chinese people everywhere there's Chinese people in Africa there's Chinese people in America right and so and I love them very much and I feel like I'm I'm like a Chinese person inside I've, I've been able to really grow and learn their culture learn their language and so 
I got this call, this call right, to go uh, to Malaysia and preach. And guess guess what happens, right? And so, oh, I forgot to mention this. This is the highlight, right? Because going back to my spiritual father who I met, met that day that spoke to me, right? Here's the deal. When I signed up with this other organization to go do what I've been doing the last nine years, come to find out that organization was helped started through him. And so I didn't even know that. And so when I actually got on the plane to go to Asia, he was there. That guy was there again. And and that just blew my mind. So literally I fulfilled that prophecy of like I got to work under and with him. Also, God didn't just do that. He literally, I call this like kind of my prophetic picture or whatever, prophetic promise picture. He actually had me preach on stage with this man three years later. And so back to the story, right? I'm in Malaysia and I'm on stage now with the same guy that I had just seen three years ago at my school. And I'm standing on the left side of him, same exact side that I saw myself standing next to him, you know, hologram version. And so now I'm literally fulfilling this destiny that I saw with my own two eyes. And I'm preaching in Chinese on stage in front of thousands and thousands of Chinese kids, Chinese students, and right along with my my spiritual father. And it's a surreal moment, you know. I was on my high, you know, like this was amazing. And I actually end up calling my, my dad, and I'm talking to my dad on the phone because he's so proud of me. He's always wanting to hear what I was doing. And I told him, Dad, look at all this stuff I got to do. And I've called my dad. My dad has called me and talked to me in every country that I've been in. And so in some way, some facet, we've been in communication. And so while I'm in Malaysia, I talk to my dad and we have the longest phone call ever. He prays with me. He's like confessing his sins and he's just like going all at it. He's saying sorry to me. It's, it's this, this act of releasing of forgiveness and restoration that happens. And he's just pouring out his heart to me. And I just say to him in the midst of all of it, like, you know what, Dad, that's awesome. But you know what? You don't have to pour out to me. You know, pour out to God. Like, give all of this to God because he'll just take it from you. And I do forgive you as a son. I love you and I have no, you know, problems with you and I love you. And so my dad really is open to God at that moment. He, his life changes and he's, our relationship changes. I, I think it gets so much deeper. And, um... God restores my relationship with my dad, 100%. And again, I'm here to share with you guys today that the restoration that I've seen while I went to go, you know, the restoration before it and as I went to go to the mission field has been so much of God's goodness, so much of his faithfulness that I, I mean, I can't, I can't believe it, what he's done in my life. And so I really wanted to share that aspect with you because I know the last, uh, you know, thing I talked about was pretty rough and I talked about some pretty bad hurts and even physical moments where we had real fighting and violence. But God has redeemed all of those moments and brought me back to my fathers. And not just that, he gave me new fathers. He gave me new spiritual fathers that were healthy and in have been such a great voice and leadership in my life. And so, yeah, I mean, I hope my story encourages you guys. Like, 
whether, you know, I don't know where you're at listening to me on this podcast with your family. I'm, I even want to end this uh, segment today praying for you. But um, I just feel so encouraged that the Lord has loved me so much through my relationships with people. And I'll say this um, to kind of close up this segment. You know, I went to Asia fathered by God himself so that I can raise up new sons, new spiritual sons. And God also, on top of that, restored my relationships with my fathers who raised me and with spiritual fathers that he gave me in life for instruction, guidance, mentorship, everything. And and I can say proudly, like, all that has happened over these last 10 years. And I've been able to pour into so many young men in leadership, in, in high positions of influence, social platform, marketing, entertainment, music, everything. And it's been all by God's glory that he restored me first so that I can pour into people like this. And I'm proud to say that. I'm proud to say that I have great fathers in my life. I have a great mom too, you know, great mama who who was always a superhero to me. And yeah, it's just it's just amazing how God has been so good to me. So yeah, let's pray. Um Lord God, I thank you for people listening to my podcast. Um, you know, hearing this three part testimony of kind of where you brought me from to where I am now and where I'm continuing to grow. I thank you, God, that for people listening, if there's people that need to be restored to their families, whether it's mothers, fathers, sons, whoever it is, God, um, you love them. Just as you have ministered to me and brought amazing people into my life, I pray you bring that in the others. If someone's lacking in a spiritual mentor for their life, spiritual mom or spiritual father, I pray you give them that. Give them those people who will bring them into their destiny, bring them into the fullness of what you've called them to do. I pray for those who might have a broken relationship with their families, Lord, that you would restore that on both sides, that there could be a forgiveness that comes from both sides uh, to bring full freedom into the calling that these people have. And I just pray for people even in social media, Lord, social media influencers, people who have a voice already and carry a, pl a platform that you would use their voice to raise an awareness and to help more people find their identity in their faith, Lord God. And so we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.